Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Hi, welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop Baseball, Episode 9. Par for the course for Good Cop, Bad Cop. I had technical difficulties at the start, but I've been bailed out by my guests this week. The newest members of Visionary Global Media. I got Tim, I got Mike with me from the Wrestling Index. How are we doing this evening, guys? Hey, what's going up, man? Thanks for having us on the show. Uh, I don't mean to correct you so early, but we're actually from, I'm from the Wrestling Index podcast. But Mike and I are from the Floor Slappers podcast. Um, you can find it on floorslappersports.com, but you're good. You know, I, I got a couple of things going on. You hit half of it, but I want to make sure that Mike is where it's at. You know what I'm saying? I know uh, that you, I got get... more, I know you yeah. got more irons in the fire than that, because I remember when you guys came, when you guys came on the network, I started listening to some of the different episodes, and I should have figured I got it wrong. It's because we contacted each other through the Wrestling Index uh, Twitter it. feed, and for that reason then, and I should have checked that ahead of time. Well, I'm going to say, what we're obviously going to talk some baseball as well, but we, I definitely want you, with, I would say, with being the newest members of the of VGM, I want you to tell us about those podcasts. So I know that we have crossover. I know we have a lot of wrestling listeners anyway, so go ahead. Tell us about each other. Tell us about each of those podcasts then. Yeah, man, I'll be I'll be short-winded with it. Obviously, the uh, you hit it, the wrestling index. It sums it up. The wrestling index, I talk all things wrestling, both new, current, past, nostalgia, just a whole lot of me and my opinions. But uh, additionally to that, I want to do a sports podcast. Mike and I have been friends for a very, very long time. Like going back to elementary school, we'll talk about it. We played baseball together, so I thought it would be cool. We did a sports podcast together, and, you know, Mike, I mean, go ahead, man. Talk about the podcast. Yeah, Floor Slappers uh, Sports is it's just a three childhood friends going back and just, you know, uh, BSing through sports. It's very fun. It's very cool to hear different perspectives on uh, the same view because we're all Chicagoans. So, <laughs> yeah, we do a bunch of cool stuff. We're uh, we're big into drafting, so we'll draft anything. So we do like futures drafts. So we'll take the current NFL draft that just happened that we'll draft the players and We'll go and look at it down down the road in a few years is the goal. Uh, we'll do fantasy drafts we got going on right now. All-time drafts we got going. We're, we're actually doing our all-time, wrapping up our all-time MLB draft right now. Brett from Brain Buster Boys is doing it with us, so he's getting down. Um, some more cross-promotion right there. But, yeah, we're yeah. wrapping up our all-time MLB draft right there. So we do a lot of fun shit. Check out the website, floorslippersports.com. A lot of really good content on there for sure. And I thank you for having us, bro. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, I got to hit Brett up for sure because I know he's a Reds fan. And uh, I he was kind of one of my people initially where I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to try and do eight episodes. I was like, I got to try and get at least eight people. He was one on my radar. And I, you know, I think I need to give him a little push and say, hey. Uh, I know he's into that. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm actually pretty sure that's how I found that you guys were into baseball because I, I wasn't intending that. I was listening. I was thinking this is going to be all wrestling, which is fine. I'm quite happy listening to wrestling podcasts. And then I think you were talking. I seem to remember you were talking about the Angels on that particular day because why wouldn't you? Because they're always uh, they're always entertaining, and I think they did the same thing again this week. I think they set a record of seven solo home runs in the game. And then they lost eight seven, and it's just like classic, <laughs> classic angels. So I yeah, so when I heard that, I was like, oh, I might be able to get, um, I might be able to get a couple more people. Who to the thing I found interesting with this is, I thought I was going to struggle to get 
eight people who I could talk uh, baseball with. And the initial plan was, if I can get four people and I can talk to them twice, that'll make eight. And in the end, <laughs> I'd say we're on episode nine right now, and there's been no repeat guests. There's far more casual watches of baseball than I think I realized. Because the Good Cop, Bad Cop Twitter feed is just wrestling. It, it doesn't really have baseball on there. But yeah, there is that crossover there. So... I think it's also one of those one of those things where people kind of dip in and dip out. I don't know if you've been regular fans throughout your life. Um, I, when I first moved to the States, I was a big baseball fan. And then I've just found that I had a big gap when I just stopped watching. It was just a might pick up an occasional score. And then the last couple of years, I probably got back into it much more. What made you a Red Sox fan, if you don't mind me asking, before we get into <laughs> ourselves? I know you've talked about it on your show, I'm sure. But it's, we haven't heard it. So what made you from across the pond a Red Sox fan? Um, when I first moved to the States, um, I used to know a lot about NFL and, and NBA as well. But I didn't know anything about baseball. I think if I remember, the, the limit of my knowledge of baseball was I knew the Yankees. Um, I'd heard of Babe Ruth. And I think I knew who Ty Cobb was. And, and that was the limit of my baseball knowledge. I don't think I could have told you any other teams. And when I moved to the States, it was quickly obvious that, wow, Americans are really passionate about sport. I didn't realize to that level and college sports as well. So I quickly had to start picking teams. And it's a really dull story. I, I heard the name Red Sox and liked the name. That was it. Didn't know anything about the history. Um, just saw the name. Um, I was like, oh, I kind of like that. The story I give is, I wish I could say it's because I'm from old England, so I wanted to support a team from New England. That would be a far better reason, but <laughs> that, that's not the reason at all. It's, it's a really poor story. I didn't know any of the players. Um, I, my other team is the Braves. I'm allowed two teams. Um, I started watching baseball in North Carolina, so the Turner Network, Braves games run every night. So I started watching. And yeah. in 2000, that's some pitching lineup right there. That'll get you interested in baseball straight away. So it was the Braves. And then I was like, ah, I like that name Red Sox. I don't see it could so easily been your, it could have been another Chicago team. It could have been so easily. Well, if I like Sox, why didn't I go with White Sox rather than Red Sox? There's like no You chose right. You, you definitely chose right. Chose right. Yeah. I, you I chose definitely right, chose sure. right. Um, but there is no rhyme or reason. Like, if I'd have known that there was like a big rival with the Yankees, then you could have gone, okay, this is an interesting team to watch. There, there was literally nothing at all. There was no reason at all. I don't know. I don't remember if there was some connection to Boston. I, I really don't. But yeah, it was, um, it's a pretty lame story, unfortunately. Um, the, <laughs> I will say straight away, the Cubs Stadium is my favorite stadium of all time, though. Wrigley Field is my favorite stadium. Very closely followed by Fenway. But even as a Red Sox fan, I, I prefer Wrigley Field. It's a beautiful place. It's a lot of nostalgia there. It's one of yep. the last neighborhood ballparks. You're walking down the street. It's house, house, house. And then all of a sudden, there's a gap and there's a field, which is very, very cool. I remember as a kid, you come around, you just out of nowhere, you know, you're driving and you're, it's just a regular, you know, houses on either side. And then boom, a stadium. That's that, mm -hmm. that was always very cool to me. So not a bad thing like the experience I haven't had there. I've had a few. One of them is I've been behind the, behind one of the uh, the limited view seats when you sat right behind a pole. I've had that experience, which is kind of you. I have been in the bleachers because I really wanted to see what the Cubs fans were like um, on a day game. So that was really cool. Um, the thing that's still on my to-do list is I want to go to like the houses that have the balconies or like up on the roofs or whatever. That, that's the one experience I want as well from Wrigley Field. That just looks so cool when you're looking across and there's people out there. They're obviously having a lot of fun. You're further away from the action, but it's just some. It's just such a different experience. I think that would be cool to do at some point. 
they are very fun and they're typically like uh an all you can eat and all you can drink type place too so that makes it a little more i don't know about you but you know a, a few a few beers in and I'm, i have a little more fun so but the, it does get hot there on those summer days though because you're sitting on top of a roof so if you're there on a dog day of august and you're sitting on a roof you're sitting on a roof there's no hidden ac there nothing you know the windy city you don't get any uh you don't get any natural ac going through there only when the politicians blow hot wind, you know, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a cool place. Um, the the history for me is what makes it is what makes the stadium, and and same with Fenway as well. That, that it's so close, but um, yeah, the thing that appealed to my son the most was I, I. This is going back probably about six years ago. I think he was about eight at the time. Like there were so many cool things. So I I always ask at the end, like, what was your favorite thing or what was the thing that was most distinctive to you about the park? And the thing he talked about more than anything was the urinals. The fact that they were just <laughs> so long. It was like a big, I was like, oh my God, of all the things you could have picked, like you could have picked the ivy on the wall. You could have talked about the fans trying to throw the ball back on the field. You could have talked about a whole number of different things. And uh, yeah, it was the bathrooms. He'd never, <laughs> he'd never seen ones that I guess were like a hundred years. I don't think they've done any renovations in there. No, they haven't. What's crazy is that was state-of-the-art plumbing when it was built. Like that was <laughs> that was the fanciest thing on the planet when it was built. So that is really some cool piece of history there, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you, you mentioned that you played baseball together. So I guess that's the starting point. I was going to ask, did you play? I know a lot of people do play Little League or did play Little League or whatever. So tell us a little bit about your sort of playing career, I guess it was. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing favorite teams is kind of obvious, but any favorite players as well? Well, I'll start. It's not obvious just because, well, we can see each other just because you can see him wearing that ugly hat on his head <laughs> doesn't represent the two of us. And actually, it only represents one third of our podcast. The other two thirds of it, including myself, represent the South Side Chicago White Sox. Not proudly, mind you, but <laughs> re- represent the other side of town. Um, but yeah, man, I started playing baseball. I know Mike, too. I started playing baseball at a very, very young age. We grew up in Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, city right outside of Chicago started started out very young. I think I started like five. I'm sure it started like the same age. Um, by the time we were in fifth and sixth grade, we finally we got up on the same team, our, the Seattle Mariners. We had Coach Paul Guitas played with the Guitas family, Mario Vega, David Johnson. Um, <laughs> we were we were the Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling of that Berwyn League. Of that uh, we were so good. We were the one two on the mound, and we both could hit. So like we did it all. We won the World Series, the little the little league. It was it was fucking fantastic. Oh, sorry, I don't know if we can swear in here. And I apologize. Oh, like, all right, cool. You my absolutely bad. can. There is a, there's no bleep button. I, all on right, this cool, cool. My, I, 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 I love I, the enthusiasm. This is why I, this is why cool. it's a question I want to talk about because obviously being from England, I did not get the chance to play baseball growing up at all. So when I can, I found that it was a good question that once people do sign and talk about those those memories from when they're super young, people do get really excited by it. It's always yeah. good to hear. Yeah, it was good. It was a good time. Uh, the team was a blast. I, I unfortunately moved not long after. I went my way, played baseball, did my thing. I know Mike can tell his story. He continued. He was always a little bit better pitcher than I was. I think he ended up throwing his arm up though a little bit later. I never played high school ball. I always did the. Uh, I don't know. I, I I was never that like function like team organized i always played i played throughout the time i was 18 but i played the, like the rec leagues with my friends and just enjoyed myself he might have played high school ball you can talk about that but he was a he had a he was nasty he, he always was nasty on the mound so i'll let him talk about that uh you know little league was awesome playing with that guy i mean he's a stud don't let him he's he's 
He's such an arrogant SOB, yet he's also a humble SOB. It's a, he's a weird enigma, but he was the man. Playing Little League growing up was awesome. We grew up in one of those um, really baseball-centric towns where, like, when you weren't playing in a game, you were playing sandlot ball with your friends. You were playing, you know, uh, blacktop ball with a, with a rubber ball and, 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 and fast pitching. So it, we grew up very uh, baseball-centric, and we loved the game. And uh, as he said, he's a White Sox fan. But I root for Chicago's baseball team, which is the Cubs, and he roots for the other team, which is, you know, that team. So is that difference based on where you grew up? So is it literally like if you're in the South, if you if you grew up oh, in the no. South? Side, you, no, 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 our parents. Oh, okay. That's how well, the town is. That's how the city is for sure, in a sense. Original, but, originally, but not for our generation, yes. Right. Okay. I did it because my dad is a shitty Cubs fan like I am, and therefore he grandfathered me into this awesome, awesome team. So <laughs> a lot and of hard well, here. Well rooted into the White Sox, generations the other well, two generations the other way, because they're all off the boat. But two generations the other way into the White Sox. So Okay, so it's based on it's based on family support then, basically. Unfortunately, sir. Which is why it was uh, cool I, for you because you had the option. You got to come here and pick. We were born into it. We were like, yeah, you are, you're fucked. You're a White Sox fan. You're a Cubs fan. We both had to wait almost a hundred years, almost a hundred years. I mean, like we had to wait forever. I, I guess you were you yeah. weren't a Red Sox fan your whole life. I, I, yeah, I can say I feel, I feel like I cheat. I'm, I'm not a real proper Red Sox fan. I didn't really go through any suffering at all. Like I didn't have to suffer through. I, I suffered through 2003. Even as a Brit who'd been only following baseball for three years, I know you don't leave Pedro on the mound after you got to 100. <laughs> you bring the you bring the reliever in. I, I understood that. So I suffered from that. But then it wasn't long. 2004, the first win, and then they've had another two since then as well. So uh, 2004 yeah. was amazing. That was one of the coolest things you'll ever see. So. It was it was classic, that, and, and that's kind of right why I realized because I thought I had a more continuous watching of baseball, and then I've suddenly realized that most of my baseball, when I think about my moments, they're all from like nearly twenty years ago. So I was like, I think I must have had some gap. I guess having kids as part of it as well. I, I didn't watch as much baseball. They they played little league as well, so I guess it was going to their matches rather than watching it on TV. But um, yeah, I, I picked an exciting team to watch for sure. I didn't realize that such a big rival with with uh, New York. And, um, yeah, there were some good games in there. But, yeah, I could have picked any team. Um, like I said, it was pretty random. The only team that I came across with um, is my football team, which was the Dolphins. I supported the Dolphins since I was a little kid. They started showing it in England. Dolphins were on most weeks. Dolphins were good. I picked the Dolphins. And since I moved to the States 20 years ago, they've been goddamn awful, which is probably why we're talking baseball and not football. <laughs> if the been any good, I probably wouldn't have watched baseball. But I was like, I can't watch this week in, week out. This yeah. product is awful. Uh, yeah. Well, you had, Dan, you had Dan Marino growing up, so at least you had some sort of quarterback. I mean, you didn't win anything, but at least you had a quarterback. That was nice. That was the reason I gave an interview. They were like, why do you want to move to the States? And I told them, I said, I want to see Dan Marino play before he retires. They thought I was joking. But I was deadly serious and got the job. And then he announced his retirement. So I didn't get to see it. Like, oh, oh, my God, man. Brutal. Brutal. I, I got to see the statue outside uh, outside the stadium. That was, as, that was as close as I got. But, yeah, nobody since then has... Uh, I got to see a playoff game. I think that they were in. I think that was as far as it went. But yeah, no, it's been it's been disappointing. Um, how about favorite players then? Growing up, my favorite player was uh, a guy named Mark Grace, the first baseman for my Chicago Cubs, and uh, 
he was just uh i guess i guess when you're a kid you admire the guy that um gets on camera a lot but when i was a kid i didn't realize it was because he was a good looking dude and was always like winking at the girls and all this stuff and i was like they just showed him a lot so i'm like mark grace must be awesome and he was awesome i mean in the steroid era 90s he led the 90s in hits and doubles which is pretty cool for a non-juiced up player so Uh but mark grace my favorite player and my daughter's name is grace ah very cool very cool yeah growing up i was always a big fan of the big hurt and robin ventura those are like my two guys while i was while i was growing up 2005 did big things for me it was like my, my favorite championship ever so i'll always be forever indebted to guys like mark burley jose Contreras, joe creedy aaron rowan agent krasinski paul canerco those are my guys those are my guy guys but like growing up and getting into baseball it was definitely frank thomas and then i think my mom always had a big crush on robin ventura so in our household we we focused on him a lot um and ozzy Guillen too because Ozzy Guillen, the ball player, grew up, yeah. or he not, not grew up, he didn't grow up in Berwyn, but he lived in Berwyn, not far from us, which yeah. I always thought was pretty cool to do. So those are my guys. I only just discovered recently, because we were, I do a podcast with my youngest son, because he's really into baseball right now. It's on a totally different level from this, but we came across, I can't remember how the story came up, but there was a Frank Thomas that was mentioned, and it was in the 60s. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know Frank Thomas was I guess there's two different Frank Thomases. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you got if you guys no. know the other one, but I only knew I only knew the big hurt. That was the one I knew. And then when I saw this Frank Thomas in the 60s, I was like, how long did he play for the White Sox? <laughs> I could not figure it out at all. But then later I saw it was for a totally different team. And then when he showed the picture, I was like, that's not the Frank. That's definitely not the same Frank. <laughs> it was it was pretty clear they were two different people, but yeah yeah a lot of those names you're reading out right now i'm like yep i'm not in my head i'm like yeah i remember those actually i just realized my son was a member of the white Sox uh, fan club um i think oh, the deal was it was free <laughs> and if you signed up they gave they sent you like free stickers and stuff i'm like i'm always up for free stuff so um yeah we signed up and uh i don't remember who the player was and we had the sticker on his uh door but yeah he was a <laughs> member of the uh white Sox fan club just for a little while nice yeah. well there's there's not many of us so we thank him for <laughs> His support. <laughs> that's the way to get. If you have a cool mascot as well, that's that's how you got. That's how my sons kind of really rated their teams. If they had a good mascot, of course the Cubs don't really. They sort of have a mascot, right? Or do they not? Is we have this bear? this new bear called Clark the Cub that kind of runs around. A lot of people don't aren't a fan of him, but I mean anything to make kids laugh, right? We do it for the kids. That's it, right? Yeah. Send someone out there, gives the kids high fives, and the kids love it that's all you got to do. And I'm trying to, is it Southside? Is that really what the White Sox mascot's called? Southpaw. Southpaw. Okay. Yeah. I can, I I know we have a little plush toy and I could, I could half remember it. I can see, I can see the green and white on him, but I know I was, yeah, I was blanking a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, we better get this show on the road. Uh, We've been talking for a long time already. Let's get to some of those good cop moments. All right, guests get to go first. Uh, we flipped a coin. Uh, Tim, I believe you're up first on the top of the first. What is your main good cop moment for baseball this week? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at Dylan Cease is his name. He's the biggest Major League Baseball all-star snub, I'm going to say, of all time. Now, I won't say he's the Cy Young candidate this year. Well, he's a candidate, but he's not the Cy Young because there's Justin Verlander. 
But Dylan Cease right now is doing things that that haven't been done. He's got a sub two ERA. He's over 166 or under 100 over 160 strikeouts, leading the league right now. Uh, it's it's Dylan Cease for me. And the fact is, um, he went back to back months with I believe it was under a one ERA. He got a back to back pitcher of the month, and he wasn't an all star. So Dylan Cease is my good cop, and that's what it is. And then the people who vote for it. <laughs> <laughs> totally the opposite. Wow, I've not even, I'm going to say, it's so difficult when there's so many teams to keep track of everybody. But I remember when they announced the uh, the NL player who got picked, and I, I hadn't recognized the name. I think it was the Marlins. And then when I looked at his stats, it was like, oh my gosh, this guy's phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of people that get, who I know every team does get a representative. So who was the White Sox representative then? Yeah, we had uh, Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks, who both should have been there, but Dylan C okay. should have been there too. I think the Yank- I get it. The Yankees have the the killer record, but like someone like Nestor Cortez probably should have stayed home, or a guy in Oakland. I don't think Mike and you could probably answer this question. I don't think that someone has to represent every team anymore, do they? Didn't they take that rule away? I thought they had, had taken that rule away, but I'm not 100 percent sure, to be honest. Well, or Paul Black. If they hadn't taken that rule away, then Paul Blackburn from Oakland is a absolute fucking crock being in that game over Dylan Cease. So <laughs> that's the that's the guy right there. Like, that is the guy, because Nestor Cortez had a dirty, filthy first half of the first half of the season. But if not every team needs to be represented, it's definitely Paul Blackburn. C should have been over him for sure. Each team does have to have one. Oh, well, I know for sure they do, because yeah. the Orioles didn't get anybody in. Because that's kind of, those are the Nationals are kind of my local teams. And um, so they just put in Lopez, because he's bullpen you got to have a pretty big bullpen so it makes it's kind of easy just to take a picture and put him in the bullpen and i don't even think he pitched probably but it's it's there for the experience i'm, I'm sure being there for a week being recognized and saying hey you're the best player on your team so you're going to come along it's still it's still kind of cool but yeah all right mike what you got for us i'm gonna bring up the power of joey gallo how about <laughs> joey gallo since the Yankees traded him, their own five, and since the Dodgers got him, he's six and zero. Oh. Maybe he's a winning .038 ball player. You know, maybe you could hit one for seventy four, but have the energy. Maybe there's a quality there. You you might possibly have stolen one of my Devils advocates, seeing as I, I know that Joey Gallo is batting two for ten uh, right now for the Dodgers. But yes, they are they are unbeaten. And um, I think he's batting 160, I think I saw, for the season. It's the lowest batting average of any single player in the league. I'm going to assume with, like, a minimum number of games because you could have, like, one pinch hit or something and not get anything, so he's batting zero. Um, yeah, he has the lowest average. How did – why would – I still don't understand. And, and this might be the Brit in me. Why did the Dodgers trade for Joey Gallo? Like, what was the appeal? Like, I know he has 12 home runs, so he has some power. But is there really a demand for someone who's batting 160? Well, I actually got into an argument with the other third of our show, uh, Streets, about this. He wanted us to go ahead and trade for Joey Gallo. And he was upset that the Dodgers did and we didn't. And I was like, no, dude, no, I don't want a fucking 160 hitter. I don't care if his defense is better than Gavin Sheets out there. And he's like, no, it would have been a, uh, it would have been an upgrade. It would have been an upgrade. They did trade a top 20 prospect for him. I think like the 16th prospect in their organization. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The Dodgers don't need prospects, man. They go spend 350, but they do it the right way. Well, I guess they only have that like half a World Series. So I don't know if it's actually paid off for them yet. But they got a filthy team this year. So we'll see. But 
I guess it did. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt him to take a flyer on him. I didn't want a flyer on him. I did not want that one sixty. No thanks. But apparently he's a winner. So <laughs> I I was halfway kidding about Joey Gallo, but I mean that is something crazy, right? I mean maybe there is something to said about you know one of the fellows. You know what I mean? That there. I feel like, and you could attest probably to the 04 Red Sox as being there called the you know the bunch of idiots or whatever there were. And there was guys like Kevin Millar who those aren't great players, but they're. But they're the glue to a squad. Those are the guys that you don't know what happens in the locker room. They could be the best ping pong player. And that brings up the morale for the squad. It's weird things. Baseball, you play 162 games in 180 days. There's a lot of team chemistry there. There's a lot of traveling together. You're in the clubhouse for hours together. So I do believe in, in certain glue guys, per se. This was going to be my devil's advocate. Let me. This, I guess, it looked like I had three, so I still got one left for each of you. This was going to be the devil's advocate. Uh, Joey Gallo's teams are fifty-two and eighteen in games which he has played this year, which would be on pace for one hundred and twenty wins. Therefore, he should be the unanimous MVP. For you. <laughs> that wasn't just so you can kind of get a feel for it. But yeah, fifty-two and eighteen. And somebody actually um, corrected them. They were like, um, Joey Gallo's teams are fifty-two and eighteen, despite him playing on those um yeah he hasn't he hasn't offered anything like i know sometimes you can prepare to sacrifice a bat if they're like a good fielder or something i don't think he has that necessary he's, he's not like an elite fielder is he i think he's, he's a good he's, fielder i don't think he's good. yeah he's pretty he's pretty decent out there you wouldn't trade it for 160 though you'd much rather have somebody who's batting 220 no. and slightly slightly yeah. weaker in the field Yes, I would. Whatever number you want to pick. Well, well, it's weird. I won't be too long on the topic, but Gavin Sheets has got a negative, I think, like or a negative, like a minus one, one and a half uh, war, and that's all because of defense. While Joey Gallo is in the like point positive point three war, so obviously he's doing something different. I personally would still rather have Gavin Sheets out there because I, after we had Adam Dunn on our team like ten years ago, I never wanted to see one sixty in my lineup every day again. So, no, keep him far, 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 far away. There's intangibles with player, like you said, um, chemistry within the team, people who can help you in that locker room. Uh, but Joey Gallo just doesn't see it. But, yeah, like you said, the, the shocking thing is the, um, the Yankees have been worse since they got rid of him. It, it's just unbelievable. Um, and the, the, not only have the Dodgers been good, they played against the Padres, who just strengthened up as well. It's not like they've had easy games or anything. They swept the Padres. It's like, wow. Yeah, the Padres were actually going to be my good cop, but after getting swept by the Dodgers, I'm like, I can't in good faith go out and good cop this team. I don't care who the fuck they just traded for, but you just got swept and lost 20 to four in three games of the Dodgers. I can't, I can't good cop you. So I went back to my boy. It's, I always have to remember being a mathematician as well. I keep trying to tell myself things like it's a small sample, like three games out of 162 is nothing. But you would have thought that the initial you normally get a list when you get new players in. It normally kind of it jigs up a little bit. New energy kind of gets you fired up and you know that they wanted to beat the Dodgers. That was the whole point of all these moves. To show that we can contend against the Dodgers. And they did the exact opposite. Um, I did like the quote from Manny Machado. I think they asked him, like, basically, so what do you think? Well, what, what's your comment about being swept by the Dodgers? And basically, it was like, um, I don't care. I'm Manny fucking Machado. That was <laughs> that, that, that was his quote. I'm like, hey, I think that's the way you got to say it. you got to say, hey, we lost, but it's fine. It's the regular season. It doesn't mean anything right now. You, you just got to make it to the playoffs. And then once the playoffs happen, but it might actually be a good thing for them. Do you think, how, can you imagine how pissed off you would be having that lineup and then getting swept? 
I mean, if you're writing the movie of this after the season, you're going to talk about after they made the big moves, they got swept in a light of, a spark under their ass, or it yep. goes the opposite. They got their ass handed to them, and they're, and they're shit, and they get swept in the playoffs. Like, it goes, you know, but that's if you're going to write the movie, this series is going to be part of the story, so. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, um, yeah, it's. I, I was surprised when I, I – I guess I missed a lot of games over the weekend, but when I was looking today to see how people were doing, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really surprised they did as poorly as that. Now, my moments are normally pretty generic, and my moments were actually written a week ago because I was actually thought I was going to be doing back-to-back episodes last Monday, and then the second one fell through, but I'm rescheduling. Um, I am going to have Chad on from the network as well. He's going to be on, I think, in two weeks' nice. time now. Um, so – the moments, it kind of a few things that came together, but all kind of had a link that went together. Um, I saw that, uh, I want to talk about Jackie Robinson. I want to talk about Jackie Robinson's uh, legacy. So for people who don't know, um, he was a significant in breaking the color barrier in baseball. Uh, we do have Jackie Robinson Day now in April where everybody who wants to wears number 42 on the field. Nobody's allowed to wear 42 just because of Jackie Robinson. And the reason this kind of all came up together was um, he died really young. I know he died in 1972. I don't know how old he was, but way, way too soon. Um, his wife, Rachel, turned 100 last month. I was like, wow, that takes some doing. And um, kind of her life story now has really been the Jackie Robinson Foundation and kind of setting up his legacy. So I was looking a little bit more about her. And uh, she's a really interesting character. There's a lot of things that she's done in her life. A lot of this stuff that I didn't know. Uh, 2007, she was awarded the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award by Bud Selig. Uh, 2009, she received the UCLA Medal, which is the university's highest honor, and was created to honor those individuals who've made extraordinary and distinguished contributions to their professions, to higher education, and to our society, and to the people of UCLA, which was one of the college that Jackie Robinson went to, of course. Uh, Rachel was awarded the Candice Award for Distinguished Service from the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, the Equitable Life Black Achievers Award, and the Associated Black Charities Black History Makers Award. Uh, she was inducted into the baseball's, I think this is reliquary. I've never heard of that word before. Baseball reliquary shine of the Eternals in 2004. And in 2007, she received the Book O'Neill Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, the Jackie Robinson Foundation basically is set up to uh, get people through college, um, African-Americans who don't necessarily have enough money to go through college. And she's done a lot of work with that in, I think, 50 years. I think she started it the year that Jackie actually died. And the last piece of the puzzle I saw that was coming up, I think he, I saw this, first of all, at FanFest. I want to say it was in, in, in D.C. about three years ago. They were handing stuff out, the Jackie Robinson Museum. I was like, ooh, that sounds like my kind of thing. I'd like to go see that. Um, it was in New York, but it hadn't opened yet. And I finally forgot about it. I guess during COVID, things kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, they did an opening ceremony for it last month. Uh, it's not open to the public yet, but I believe it's opening on September 5th. And one other thing I saw while I was researching that, apparently it took them 15 years to get this museum off the ground. Um, I guess there's a lot of fundraising. Um, if you don't have a big benefactor, you've got to raise all that money yourself. Uh, I'm sure trying to put a building together in New York City is not going to be cheap. Uh, but yeah, September 5th, I'm sure that'll be a future good cop moment as well when I can actually go visit it. That's definitely something on my list in New York City that I'd like to go and see. Uh, but yeah, Jackie Robinson and Rachel Robinson, uh, my good cop moment of... I'd like to say this week, but really probably the last 50 years would probably be a little bit more accurate. I feel like you just trumped us for sure. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. That was a great good cop moment. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. A hundred years. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always say if I can get to 60, I'll be happy. So a hundred is hundreds. Yeah. 
they've raised uh yeah she raised a lot of money in those uh 50 years for for good causes and trying to protect jackie's legacy and i think she's done a done a great job in that and uh, uh if people don't know the story i would definitely recommend the film 42 as well perhaps people listening in england will not be as familiar with it but that's a, that's a really interesting film to kind of really give you a better insight into that story all right, um, speed check moment. If there's any quick things that we wanted to talk about that would also be considered a good cop moment, um, we can use them. We say 90 seconds, but I don't set the timer, mainly just to annoy Matt because we're very strict on time on the wrestling version of this. Baseball is a little bit more laid back. There's, there's no time limits in baseball. It goes on until everything's finished. Uh, Tim, you're up first. Is there anything else that you consider a good cop moment this week? I don't really have too much right now. I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan, so I'm just kind of like middling in the mid-class of baseball, frustrated. We can't win games. We can't lose – or we can't sustain wins. Twins win, twins lose. Twins win, twins lose. We win, we lose. We win, we lose. Um, I guess the only cool thing I'll talk about, I think the Orioles, the story is pretty cool, um, how they've been a fluctuating team for so many years, and now they're winning while still trading for pieces. I think that story is pretty cool, but – other than that, no, baseball, baseball, I'm kind of down on baseball. Well, I'm not down. I, I sadly watch it every night, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down, with the, down on the positives of baseball right now. I kind of picked, or my son picked a really good year to get into baseball. Um, he started following college baseball first, Coffin State University, who had never made the NCAA tournament. And we followed their games this year. We went to quite a few of them in person. Uh, they made the NCAA tournament for the first time in their history. And yes. also because it was it was sponsored by the Orioles. He's been following the Orioles. And um, I saw actually they had they haven't re they didn't reach 56 wins uh 2021 they wouldn't have reached it in 2020 because there wasn't enough games uh 2019 or 2018 and they've already reached it this season and there's still another 50 games to go so i think he's a lucky mascot whichever team he turns up to support <laughs> seems to be doing pretty well but yeah he picked a good year to follow, follow the orioles 56 and 52 i believe at the time of recording because i know yeah. that's several games ahead of my red Sox. unfortunately i keep thinking please can we get into fourth because uh, he keeps rubbing my face in it all the time. He's like, Red Sox suck. I'm kind of right, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's painful. It's painful. I don't think – I think I stayed quiet on that week. I don't think I even used it as a bad cop moment. When they lost – was it 27-5 to five to the Toronto Blue Jays? Or something? Oh, my 28-5. Like oh, God, it's even worse. Like a football score, and he's like, I heard him in the morning. He's like, Red Sox suck. I was like, Oh my god, he's seen the score. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, Mike, anything else you consider good cop moments? Um, I was excited that I was watching a little little league world series on Hulu this week, thought that was very cool. And these are the these are all the championship weeks for all the regions to go to the little league world series is this week, so go get them, boys. I was meaning to watch some of that with Jackson. Jackson's actually in Ohio this week. Um, I had to stay back with my son. He's got freshman orientation and he's got golf practice. But, yeah, I talked to Jackson. He definitely wants to see some Little League World Series. So, uh, yeah, I'll be checking that out as well. And then I assume once it's the real tournament proper, it's going to probably be on ESPN or something as well. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. All right. What did I have for my moments? That's right. I had to write this down. This was kind of a week old at this point. Um, I've known – I haven't had cable for about five years. 
So it's not been helpful when you have a wrestling podcast and you've got to talk about Raw and SmackDown and you can't see either of them and you can't see AEW. So you're watching highlights on YouTube the best that you can. Um, I signed back up for Sling TV because there was a few things we wanted to watch. My son wanted to watch the uh, All-Star game. He wanted to watch. Anyway, so we signed up, so I have access now. Um, on ESPN, um, the, se- the series The Captain, uh, by the time I signed up, episodes one and two were there. Uh, by the time I wrote this season, episodes three and four were there. Um, particularly enjoying, and I think we talked about this before we actually clicked record, um, 2004 um, series is on when they were 3-0 down, <laughs> came back to 4-3. Uh, one of Derek Jeter's comments was, yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly kind of the reaction. Um, I did have to see 2003 again, which was painful. But in, in hindsight, it, it's a great rivalry. Whether you're a Red Sox fan or whether you're a Yankees fan or whether you're a casual fan, it, it's, it's great to, to see how good that rivalry was for so many years and how close it was. Um, they do have one segment on there that I particularly liked. I've got to write down the quotes. Um, it's a typical documentary. Between certain segments on the commercial, they have a section called called Curveballs for the Captains, uh, where they get kids asking the questions. And, and I absolutely love this. Uh, one of them was, how many pieces of gum can you fit in your mouth? And he's like, just one. Um, are you the real Derek Jeter? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm the real Derek Jeter. And he's like, yeah, you can shake my hand. And the kids are just really cool. I think the oldest kid who's on there is probably about eight, which kind of reminds me of if I was to get my son to ask a question to a famous baseball player, it wouldn't be the questions that you and or I would ask at all. It's the most random stuff you can ask. But yeah, how many pieces of base? You've got a Hall of Famer. You've got one of the greatest Yankees shortstops of all time, and you're asking how many pieces of gum can you put in your mouth? And I love those segments. It, it's so fun. You can tell the kids are having a blast. I'm not sure how many of them really know who Derek Jeter is. Um, I, I guess he probably retired before they were – some of them were even born. I think he retired in 2016, 2015. Really cool segment, but the documentary, if you've got ESPN and you're a baseball fan, I don't think you have to be a Yankees fan to enjoy it. Uh, but it is interesting to see the other side of Derek Jeter. Now he's kind of retired from the game. Nice. Cool. I look forward to checking that out for sure. Um, I'm going to throw in a bad cop moment at this point. I bought into a story that apparently is not true at all. I'd heard the story that um, when Derek Jeter would have women over, he would give them like a basket with like Derek Jeter uh, memorabilia and then kind of send them on their way into the night, as it were. <laughs> Not true at all. I thought that was true. I honestly thought that was one of my one of my things when I thought about Gina. I was like, what a dick, to be quite honest. I was like, <laughs> you like you're really showboating the fact that you're a superstar. And it was like, he's like, did anyone really believe that? Perhaps I'm an idiot. Uh, perhaps I just totally bought into it. But I perhaps I'd heard it enough times that I assumed it was something true. Not I true. believed it. That it's not true. I mean, that's that you're telling not me true. news right now. I thought that was not- true for sure. Apparently not true at all. No, he, he totally denied it. Um, the reporter who came up with the story. <laughs> I'm not hearing this. I'm not hearing it. No, it's true to me. It'll always be true to me. It's okay, up there so with it it's up there with Santa Claus for me. So, uh, hey, that's fine. I feel a little bit better now because I was like, am I really that gullible? But I was like, I was sure that was true. Like, if you'd asked me. Um, you know, like Family Feud. T- name the top five. Name the top five thing you think about with Derek Jeter. The baskets would have been one of those things. Um, I, I totally assumed that was true, but apparently not true. All right. Well, that kind of links in nicely as it was a bad cop moment for me. Let's get to those real bad cop moments. Good. Bad. All right. We'll switch the order this time around. Mike, we'll let you go first this time. Uh, mean bad cop moment. Um. I've been beating this drum 
for years and years and years of my life. I want robot umps in baseball. I do not like the way it goes. This week, there was four strikes on Jordan Alvarez. I mean, you gave one of the best hitters in the game just an extra strike. <laughs> just just an extra strike. I, I, I mean, maybe machines will have errors too. You know, I just have to think it has to be better than what we're getting now. I don't understand why baseball and it's – I love its history and its pastime, but there's technology to help the game. Why are we so against it? I just don't understand that. They show like the 3D box on certain broadcasts, and I understand that's not true and it's not exact to form, but I'm sure they could get it exact to form. You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't understand why we do not use the technology that we have to better the game and get the calls right because ultimately getting the calls right means more to me than umpires. <laughs> What do you think, Tim? Do you agree? Oh, God, yeah, man. The human element needs to get way out of baseball. It's needed to for a long time. It's needed to get out of baseball since fucking Armando Galarraga got fucked on his perfect game. What? There's only been 19 perfect games in history, and this motherfucker is right next to him. And first of all, there's eight and two-thirds of a game played already. Uh, Give the guy the benefit of the fucking doubt. What are you doing? It's a bang-bang play. He's out. Go home. So, yes, it, it... Umps need to go. It's been that long, probably even more so. You know who I watched to go? Go ahead. I watched that game live, and I remember. I remember at the time it was like that's a horrible play. Um, it was the twelfth anniversary of it within the last month, and and I watched the play again. It's not even a bang bang play. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was out by several feet. That was the (laughs) thing that I'd misremembered. I was like, but even in situations like that, normally you give the advantage to the runner. But on the case when it's eight and two thirds of an inning of a perfect game, you give it to the pitcher. Um, I can't believe how tolerant that guy was. Like he's like, I forgive him. Was it Joyce? Was that the guy's name? The yeah, Jim 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 Joyce. Joyce. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this about him though: he came out the next day and he was accountable for it. He cried afterwards. He felt yeah. terrible about it. Yeah. And I'll say that there's something to say about I teach my teenage sons right now about accountability. It's better to be accountable than just try to deny it. And I and I, I applaud him for that. Uh-huh. Shitty move, but I think he made right a little bit by it, you know? So, yeah. Now, I've got two words ringing in my head right now from what you just said is your bad cop moment. Angel Hernandez. Is that, is that kind of a – would that be a, a good reason for wanting to just take that robot element straight away? If there, if there wasn't an umpire, I believe there's an umpire's union and all that stuff. If there was, I mean, he is, I mean, I guess he sums up baseball because in baseball, if you fail seven out of 10 times, you're a great hitter, right? <laughs> so on those terms in baseball, Angel Hernandez is batting at least 500, you know? So that's not bad. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way at all. Um, I do remember on um, uh, Jackson's podcast, I, I did look one time at the um, the worst calls that have been made this season, as in terms of the ones that was the highest, because they can they can measure it, like what's the highest above the zone, lowest blood. And there was some that I know the worst call was over six inches outside the outside the corner, and they called it a strike. Or the reverse, it was six inches outside, um, six inches over the plate, and they called it a ball, or whichever way you want to look at it. And it, it is bad, and it affects, it does affect games. And for all the other sports, everyone's quite happy having replays. So I don't understand why it would be, for, for the British point of view, why it would be such a big deal to make to make sure that's true. Or at very least, allow challenges. Now, the English game, I don't know how much you know about cricket, but they do allow the teams to have certain challenges. There's one of the calls that's called an LBW, where they have to decide, did it hit the batter on his legs in front of the, the wickets? Which is similar to, did the ball hit the strike zone? And I think that they should allow 
it could be fairly quick. You just press a button. I want to challenge this. And then you could look to see, was it a ball or a strike? It wouldn't take that long, but you only allow a certain number. Um, I don't think you need to go totally robotic. I think you can still have the the umpire there, but I think that there should be five challenges per game or something like that. If the ump's blowing more than five calls in a game anyway, you're hoping that MLB is going to call them out on it. So my only retort to that would be, because I actually dig the concept of having a little clicker where you can challenge a ball or a strike. The ump, the biggest thing with an umpire is he has, his, which is so stupid, but he has his own strike zone. So his strike zone could very well be six inches outside, four inches high, two inches, you know, like under the belly button. Whereas mm-hmm. the actual strike zone is completely different. Now I'm just saying we should go off of a computer, but if we're sitting there challenging a, a ball versus strike, that umpire might be no, you know, it's my, it's not my strike. I don't know. I think, I think it's still, that would, that would be too hard to do. So because of how they allowed- call the games. I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore because I think they get a report that's sent that says how many of the calls did they actually get correct in terms of balls and strikes. So if they're calling that, if they're saying my strike zone is like a couple of inches off the plate, I think they're yeah. getting dinged for that on their reports if they're not calling it. But that would be, um, that'd be yeah. cool for sure. But yeah, I, I agree. When it's something that screws your team over, then it's uh, it's bad. It's too important. It's too important. It's every other sport, so I don't understand why baseball wouldn't include. I think they would when they trying it out. And I don't think it was the minors. I want to say it was one of the independent leagues that's affiliated with um, MLB. I think they tried it out, and I don't know. It is what it is. All right, Tim, what you got? Main bad cop moment. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna be such a homer on this episode, but the Chicago White Sox can fuck all the way off, man. How are you gonna sit here and say that we're all in on a World Series? You do nothing in the offseason, and you do nothing at the trade deadline. Literally fucking nothing. You traded for Jake Diekman from your fucking Red Sox for Reese McGuire. You did nothing to fucking bolster the bullpen. You already have $40 million of shit in there. You did fucking nothing to get a second baseman. You did nothing to get a corner outfielder. His guy, Ian Happ, would have been a perfect fucking addition to this team. We wouldn't shell out anything. I, I hate it. The-, the organization, the fucking team sucks. You want to get rid of someone. Get rid of the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf. Get rid of Tony La Russa. Get rid of fucking all of them. I'm fucking sick of this team. But with that being said, we're going to go on a run very soon. we got an easy schedule, and we're going to win the division. But fuck the team. If I'd have known that you were a White Sox fan, and I would have kind of made predictions on what you are going to predict in, I would have predicted one of your bad cop moments was um, Tony La Russa apparently falling asleep during the first <laughs> inning of a game this week. I, I fucking I bitch about him every day. I send at least a one fuck TLR or fuck Tony La Russa text every other day. I fucking hate that guy, man. He's a fossil. He's a dinosaur. Yo, we got rid of Vince McMahon in wrestling. Get rid of this fucking old piece of shit off of my team, dude. And it's going to be a year too late. If I if I was a devil's advocate short right now, I think I could I, I could easily find one. Um, something about respecting your elders. Um, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, oh. He can only be good for the what. We're not on that segment right now, so I'll stay away from that. But <laughs> there, is, there becomes it. a point when you don't fit in the modern game, and um, and sometimes certain certain people just don't mesh with other people. But right now, it doesn't seem like Tony Larusa and the White Sox fans, the, for starters, are meshing. The uh, players, the players love him for players, whatever reason. Correct. I don't, I don't. The players love him. I don't understand why. But there's no like enthusiasm. There's no energy to this ball club. It's a whole different team than last year. I don't know. It's it, it's it's very frustrating. 
Now, just because they like it, though, doesn't mean he's a good coach. It might be that he's not too hard on them on training, like, guys, take it easy and all that. So you can be liked, but not necessarily be doing a good job. You can be hated, but also be doing a good job. Like, if you're calling people out, like, hey, no, 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 you're not taking drinks while in between bats or or, or whatever, calling them out on gambling when they're on the plane or what. Like, you can have different rules than that, and they might not like it, but that might be what's best for the team. So just because they like him, I don't necessarily think that that means it's the he's the right person for that for, for that position. Mike, you're probably loving this then, right? I do not like the White Sox, so I kind of like it. But one of my quick takes was going to be the, the Sox. Uh, I still have the Sox winning the AL. <laughs> the White what? Sox. I, I see them going, getting hot. They're, they've been hot the last like three weeks. Actually, they're they're going. I think they're going to get on a run, and it's not because of Tony La Russa. It's just because they're oozing with talent there. I really thought I didn't think he was a great hire, but I also thought I'm like, well, this team's going to make a couple playoffs in a row and be good in spite of him, no matter what. You know what I mean? So I think they have enough talent, and that division's shit. So I think they are. Uh, I still think I don't believe in Tony La Russa as much as I believe in all the talent that's there. And, and, well, and another thing, they say they love Tony La Russa. How many grandpas can you really hate on? You really just go on to these, like, really great grandpas and be like, uh, you know, he's a nice old man, probably has mints in his pocket and stuff, you know? like Mike, you just said you think they're going to win the AL. You mean just the AL Central, correct? No, no, no. I have them winning the American League, sir. The pennant? I have wow. them winning the pennant. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying the Central. <laughs> wow. I mean, they, oh, wow. they have a dominant ace. They have a couple big game guys like Lance Lynn can still get hot. Lucas Giolito could still be a great pitcher at times. I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of those guys, but they have the stuff. I think they have tons of offense. I mean, I think they're I think they're that prototypical team that was. I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, those the Braves, the Nats, a couple of years ago, stuff like that. They were meddling around halfway through the year, and you get hot at the right time. They have tons of talent. I mean, going into the year, I, I, I'd say. They might have been a twenty percent pick across the board of making the uh, the World Series. To be honest, they were a, you know, what I mean, they have tons of talent. They struggled, like I said, it didn't. It, if they were in like the NL West and they were down like twenty games to the Dodgers, that might matter a little more. But they're they're going to get a playoff spot. They'll be in, and I think they're as good as you know. So we'll see. I've never heard this before. First <laughs> time hearing it right now. I picked them in my preseason picks. Okay, two days ago you said they're going to get swept in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> That's just busting my friends' chops. You know? <laughs> I'm just I'm just fucking with you. I, I just had to clarify. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you just meant the division as well. I didn't know you meant the pennant. I was like, even the division, like, with the, the look on our faces was kind of like, really? That's what you and then we realized it was the pennant. It was like, oh my god. Stranger things have happened. I do remember on episode three when I talked with Matt, who not really a baseball fan at all, but he was good enough to come on. I did mention that the Yankees at that point in time, although they were so far ahead of everybody, when you looked at their record against teams that were 500 and above, it was actually very poor. And they were played a lot of teams who had a losing record. And I said that kind of boot. I think it's finally starting to come true. It's starting to normalize a little bit. So yeah, schedule doesn't make a big difference. So if you if you do have that easy schedule coming up term that you think, then perhaps it will start to turn around. But yeah, you can definitely have you can definitely have teams that are going on runs, and we've seen it this season. Teams have had all that. I think the Red Sox have had two eleven game winning streaks. I think, uh, but there's definitely teams that have had multiple ten game winning streaks this season. And um, hey, I had a guy. I heard a guy on Chicago sports radio the other say uh, the other day say. If you take out the Cubs' ten-game losing streak and nine-game losing streak, they'd be a playoff team right now. Well, hey, I'm glad it works that way. 
<laughs> just take out 20 losses pretty much and uh, yeah i think that'd be true for most teams i would uh, i would think all right what did i have for my main bad cop moment i have a feeling it's um it's the trade deadline yeah so i want to talk my local teams then so the orioles get seth johnson and chase mcdermott and the astros get trey mancini and Jaden murray uh, okay and also uh, from the Nationals, oh my gosh, this is the bigger one. Um, the Padres get Juan Soto and Josh Bell. And the Nationals get, I can't even read out how many people the Nationals are going to get because it'd be way too many. But we, we'd run out of time on this podcast. It was like six different players and all from different ranks. Um, I hadn't heard of any of those players particularly, but I heard a few Padres fans mention the fact that actually those players are, are pretty good, actually. So... Why is it my bad cop moment? Because I actually think the Nationals probably did well out of it. Um, I just think it was dealt with so badly. Like, first of all, I don't understand why any team would offer a 15-year contract to anybody. Uh, was it 15 years, 450 million or something? Uh, it's just a really strange contract to offer somebody. But then when he said no, and they went, well, you go into the All-Star game, but you're going to have to fly on commercial airlines. What are the Nationals doing? Like, I don't understand their mentality. Um, if you look at all the players that they've lost over the last few years, Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, like the list just goes on. Every single year, they seem to lose a big player. And now, if you're asked to name a Nationals player, it's like, well, Steven Strasburg, um, and then you can't... They've traded a lot of people away. Now, I understand when you get prospects, you kind of rebuild it as well. Um, I just don't like how Nationals have done it. Um, I think they've got a lot from Juan Soto. Juan Soto doesn't have to re-sign with the Padres either. I think he's under contract till 2024. Uh, if it turns out that he doesn't sign with the Padres, they gave a lot of things away for him. I think once he said he didn't want to stay, the Nationals were right to get rid of him. I just don't like the way they did it. Uh, from the Orioles' perspective... Why are they actually a selling club at this point? They're already, we already said that it was a good cut moment. The fact that they're over 500, um, they're playing well. But Trey Mancini was kind of like the heart of that team. Like the guy almost died two years ago. And he openly said in his leaving statement that if it hadn't been for the Orioles, like, like there were so many people who helped him get through um, through his illness. And it just felt like a, a bad player to get rid of. Somebody who's been with that team for so many years, but going through their fault. I understand it's a business, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. And I didn't like how those trades worked out. And um, we already talked about how the those trades for the Padres have not worked out so far, but it's kind of early. And uh, I saw Houston, I think, a two and two since they've had their trades. So it hasn't made. I don't think it's going to make a bit. Is Trey Mancini going to make that big of a difference to the Astros? I wouldn't have thought he had, so. He but, hit three home yeah. runs in his first three games. I mean, that was. I mean. Like you said, two and two. It's but not about three it, swings, is it? Yeah. No, and he had a and he had a home run in his first at bat as an Astro. Same thing, and he mm -hmm. did his first at bat as an Oriole, which I found to be that's, quite intriguing as well. So that's pretty cool. I am curious how many people have ever done that. Two first two hits for a team are both home runs. That that's got to be a pretty small list, I'm guessing. But yeah, yeah I, I'm just kind of disappointed that the Orioles. Um, I, I'm not sure why they need to be a selling club. Like their their roster, it's only thirty million for the whole roster as is anyway. Like it's not like they're massively overspending, and they're like, "Hey, we need to cut back on our weight." It's thirty million. You're getting about eighty million from TV rights. So I don't like to see them. I would have liked to seen them kept Trey Mancini, and uh, I don't know. Perhaps they have somebody at Norfolk who they think can replace him, and they're gonna go with that. But 
didn't like to see it. So that, that was my main bad cop moment. Yeah, I'll be quick on it. I think they should have absolutely kept Trey Mancini. I think they're going to be next year. I think they have, like you just said, they're going to have the money that they can spend on free agents, bolster their MLB roster, and they're going to have more players coming up. And their players are going to take another step forward next year. As far as the other side of it, um, I'm not so big into the prospect side of things, but again, our co-host um, on the show Street said, I think that the Nationals got four 50-level prospects, whatever the fuck that means, in 240 level. I knew a couple of the names, so they must have been some pretty high-quality prospects. And from everything that I listen to and read, the Padres are so good at replenishing their farm system and developing their own talent that they're able to take these players in in groups, basically, and trade them away for one big big player, sign a Manny Machado, and use their money that way. But we'll see what it does for them. They're still playing against the powerhouse of Dodgers in that division. But at the end of the day, when you can replenish your farm like that, you can go out there and trade for a guy like so. I don't think it's going to pay off. I don't think they're going to win a World Series, but why not try? I saw one of the players was described as Aaron Judge-like. Now, if that even is half accurate, then that's probably not a bad... Just one of the players, that's probably not too bad. Um, the one I did miss from the Orioles, they, I don't know how I missed it as I was looking through my notes there, and um, they actually traded their all-star as well, Jorge Lopez. They actually they traded him from the bullpen. Now, if we know anything about ba- anything that makes a baseball team good, it's pitching. So you just got rid of your best bullpen pitcher? That I, I don't like that either. And um, They did get about four players for him, but yeah, it looks like perhaps that might help my Red Sox to not finish bottom of the division, but I'm not too optimistic. They like to go first to last. It's, I don't understand that. I don't know how a team can do that, how you can go first one year, like make a World Series, and then next year be bottom. They've done it all the time. This is probably about the third time they've done it if it if the season finishes as it currently is. That's the way it goes. All right, uh, speed cop time. Uh, anything, any shorter moments that we want to talk about? Anything else that was bad? Mike, anything else that caught your eye that was bad this week? I was I seen something about you, you know in baseball they they're bringing back the qualifying offer. Did you guys see something about that? I where did. They, yeah. they had a certain time frame where they had to get a deal done about the qualifying offer when they were talking about their last negotiations cuz players wanted to get rid of it and it's it's I think it's one of the bad things for baseball and um cuz you know that attaches a, a pick and and whatnot to a guy so it makes them harder to sign. And I believe they're bringing that back and that was uh upsetting to me hmm. how do you feel about qualifying offer do you feel like it's fair for a player to be attached to a team for for a draft pick which makes other teams not want to go all in on you it, it i'm all for free market i gotta stay fairly quiet on this because i don't know much about it like i know you get compensatory picks i'm not sure if, if that's the same thing but yes um, yeah, I, I don't. I can't honestly say if I know that's a good thing or not. But I would assume that's one that the players' uh, agreement or whatever it is. Like they, they would have to. When a rule comes in like that, it's not just the managers that get to decide. Like the uh, the players get some say as well. So I'm. I don't know why they would want it. Yeah, I. I don't have much to offer on this one. I'm afraid. Tim, you got any more insight? Yeah, I'm only for compensatory picks if it's like. If, if it's a player that came up through your organization, I mean, if you if you sign the guy as a free free agent two years ago and then he's going to be signed. But again, I'm just like you. I'm not so well versed on this myself. Um, I, I guess, like I said, if it's if it's from a guy that you grew, like a Juan Soto, for example, if they wouldn't have traded him and he was a free agent and a team it would, it would have taken a draft pick or something along those lines, 
No, I don't fucking think it's good. I think it's stupid no matter what. I don't think there should be a draft pick ever associated with you. So I guess long long answer is no. Dumb. Okay. All right, Tim, anything catch your eye? No, I just think it sucks that Otani wasn't traded. I want to get him the fuck out of L.A. as soon as possible. But uh, I guess he'll just rot his career away like fucking Mike, Mike Trotwell. So. I wanted my, my son. Lo- my youngest son loves Otani. That's like his favorite player. And I was going to buy him an Angels jersey. Then I was like, oh, he, he's probably going to get traded. And then, um, but I'm worried if he gets traded. I don't want him traded to the Dodgers. I don't want him traded to the Yankees. And they're like the two most likely places he's going to go. So I'm kind of glad he did stay. But it's yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. Every week it sets a new record, and then they end up with the loss in the game. It's just yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, I got three things. Uh, one I forgot. I just suddenly remembered off the top of my head. Alfonso Soriano um been designated for assignment from the Braves. I think this is his this is his fourth team already this year. That guy just can't hit anymore. Seem to remember he was a, a cub, right, Mike? I think he was at some point. I think Alfonso Alfonso Soriano, like yeah. the Alfonso Soriano. Yeah. No way. He still plays. <laughs> well, he's been he's been bouncing around different teams for this season, but I'm, I'm unless I'm picking no. up the wrong name, I didn't write it down. But I'm sure he, I'm sure his Braves are his fourth team this year. Everyone keeps trying picking him up, hoping that he'll be good. I want to say he was at some at Seattle at one point as well. Um, Christian Vasquez being traded during batting practice. Um, I don't like that. I think you should have a very clearly defined window. Um, he actually he knew he'd been traded, and he actually asked, "Is like, can I take batting practice with you guys one last time?" And that kind of broke my heart a little bit that he's so connected to that team. And then you, sorry, you're going to go and play for the Astros. I, I felt that was pretty harsh. And I read this in a book. I, I got to read the quote for this because I read this and I was like, what? This doesn't even make any sense. All right. So this is from a book, Green Cathedrals by Philip Lowerty. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Um, the quote goes, the Angels left fielder leapt into the second row of seats to make the catch and came back onto the field of play with a ball to make an out and save a home run. All right, no problems there. Two innings later, the Yankees left fielder leapt three rows back to make the catch, but had the ball wrestled out of his glove before returning to the field, so the Angels got a home run. And then the guy says a quote, the rule is the same if the fielder goes into the seats. He must come out with the ball for the out to count. This makes it perfectly legal for the fans to influence the game, and they do. Some people maintain that this is unfair, um, baseball, to be perfectly logical, uh, sorry, if baseball were to be perfectly logical, it would cease to be baseball. Now, I read that and I was like, what the hell is that guy talking about? It sounds like you're advocating fans basically assault the fielder while they're trying to get the ball. So the first one, dive two rows into the field, catch it into the crowd, catches it uh, out. The next one, three rows in, catches it, but the, re- the fielder, the fans knock it out of his hand. And so it's not an out. I don't understand that. I, and I don't understand him trying to just... The justification seems really lame. I know a lot of the time now you have the nets there, so that doesn't even happen anymore. On the infield outs, like, they're gone. But to the outfielder, that, that can't still... I know that book's about 30 years old. I'm hoping that that rule has been changed, because if it's not, that rule is stupid. That makes no sense to me, that a fan interfering in the game would be considered a good thing. Yeah, I think it was probably changed after. What well, wasn't it? <laughs> Yankees, Yankees and Orioles, where they had that. Yankees and Angels. Oh, that the, came the, up. The fan that interference. Came up. That came Meyer. up on the captain. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't that? I'm sure that something came into effect after that. And then I'm not going to talk about. I ain't going to bring it up. And then there's uh, you. You can. Uh, 
I don't know. You're basically that books that books condoning assault. So I mean, I can't I can't go and assault you. So I don't know why you can assault a guy diving into the crowd. So I don't know. I don't know. That's fucked up. But to say it was part of the game as well, and it was almost encouraged. Like, no, that's you can't treat opposing players like that. That would be all. That would be like. That would be like the WWE version of baseball. Now, would it be entertaining? Oh, heck yeah. That would be awesome. But on Major League Baseball, no. Uh, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. I'm okay with the uh, the robot making strikes and uh, balls and strikes. But yeah, fans interfering with that, that, that's like a little bit too much for me. As enter- That's like the Arena League version of baseball, if they would ever have something like that. But hey. Yeah, I saw it and I didn't like it, so I threw that one in. Um, I have one fan cop moment this week, actually. I'm terrible at putting these out, and we don't have such a big following over here as our wrestling version. Uh, This is from Micah Pellegrini at Dying Format on Twitter. Uh, He sent me a video of... um, it's the Trash Pandas. I want to say that's somewhere on the West Coast. I can't remember. It's one of the minor league teams. So, you know, they have the fireworks at the end of games on Fridays and Saturdays, and it's all good fun. He sent me the video from this. It kind of reminded me of watching the film Cloverfield. Like, it's filmed, but it's all shaking and everything. You can see the fireworks going into the crowd. So you can see the rocket going into the uh, like the first first base side. And then they were like, you know, you can see the guy going, I got it. I got it on film. And then the next moment, you see the the next rocket come right to where he is and go right across him. Uh, Somebody screwed up big time there, but yeah, I would agree with Micah. Definitely a bad cop moment if you're having a fireworks show and the fireworks are actually going into the crowd. So I appreciate you sending that one to us, Micah. I will try and retweet that one actually on our page later so people can actually see it. Um, Yeah, not good at all. All right, time for our devil's advocate round where we have to defend a hot baseball take for 20 seconds, whether we agree with it or not. Sounds like I'm dodging a bullet this week. I don't have anything to defend. Um, I have one for each of the guys here, and I think Tim has one for Mike. And if Mike can think of anything in the next couple of minutes, we might be able to fire one back. So, Mike, let's start you off with this one then. We kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I was like, eh, I think we'll still go with it. Um, nothing in baseball is more exciting than a close divisional title, and for that reason, the Yankees should be congratulated for losing their last five games. Yankees, let's get let's get the Blue Jays back in the mix here a little bit. That's a nice, young, hot team. We want to see a division race. Yankees losing Joey Gallo killed them. I talked about this earlier. They needed the Gallo love. <laughs> Go Joey Gallo. He killed their spirit. That's it. You got it. I had two that were similar. I obviously read you the Joey Gallo one, but those two are kind of closely linked. Um, not only did I see they've lost their last five, I think it said since the All-Star game, I, I want to say they've lost 18. I think it said they were 7 and 18 since the All-Star game, which sounds too many, to be honest, but they're, they're certainly in a poor run of form right now. Um, I'm loving it personally, but hey. <laughs> All right, Tim. I think yours is one of the more difficult ones that I've come up with. Sometimes it's if it's personal, like I said, if I said actually if I said the White Sox suck, you'd probably agree with me. So it probably wouldn't be a good one. <laughs> um, but this I, one's kind I, of a I little would. bit <laughs> this one's a little bit out there. I, I try to think myself like how would I defend it? Um, like the Yankees one, I would have defended it just how you did as well, with saying, hey, it's good for the Blue Jays, you, you get other teams in there, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm not sure how you're going to defend this one, but hey, we'll give you a try. This is a tough first one for you to do. All right. Um, and also, this links in with wrestling as well. So this is why I like this one. All right. Your developer's advocate is, with words like wrestling, wrestler, hospital, and killing returning to our screens on commentary this week in the WWE, it was also great to hear Pete Rose using the following term on commentary this weekend that also hasn't been used for far too long. That phrase being a cock-high fastball. Hey, listen, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Anytime Pete Rose can come onto my television screen, I guess it's kind of sexist with him calling women babe and talking about cock-high fastballs. But at the end of the day, Pete Rose is a living fucking legend. Pete Rose is a WWE Hall of Famer. He should be an MLB Hall of Famer. So anytime he gets on the mic, I'm all in. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I'd forgotten that he was in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. I, I just heard that phrase. Um, I have the whole. I have the whole thing written down. Uh, it was they were on commentary. It was nineteen. They brought back the nineteen eighties Phillies World Series. Uh, they put him on in. in for, I guess they put him on for an inning. Uh, Tony, congratulations. What did you hit? And Tony said, "Yo, I hit a cock high fastball." And Joe didn't know what to say. And Joe said, no shit. And then the other commentator says, bloop out to right field. And Pete Rose comes back in. Man, you changed the subject real quick with that bloop to right field. And the other commentator says, I'm just describing the action. And then the second commentator comes in and says, I'm sure we don't have a seven-second delay. So, um, And it kind of got through. It's a phrase that I haven't heard since I read the uh, Ted Williams autobiography or biography. And I know that was a phrase that Ted Williams used to use when he was talking about hitting a cock-high fastball. Very descriptive. Not something I would expect to hear on TV anymore. But it did, when, when, obviously, with our wrestling connection as well and all those words fine. So nice being able to use words. Why were some of the, why did some of those words banned? Vince is an idiot. It's so good to get Hunter in charge now. Like, why can't you say the word wrestler? <laughs> it's a wrestling show. That makes no sense. So, hey. But you dealt with that excellently. I thought that was... Uh, and I, I was going to include that one with Babe as well. I did see that. Hey, it was 55 years ago, Babe, or whatever it, whatever the quote was. But I did not know that story about Pete Rose, actually. Uh, why he wasn't inducted into the Phillies Hall of Fame. But I thought that might have been a little bit... Might have been a little bit too much for a bad cop moment. I tend to keep him a little bit more lighthearted than uh, what he was accused of. So I, I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Do you say you've got one for Mike then, Tim? Oh, I just had one. I just had one in general. Um, I was going to talk. Yeah, so it was, you know, I guess obviously I'm, I'm a homer. I kept everything local in this show. The Chicago Cubs, many felt that they should have made a move and they should have traded away guys like Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. I think the opposite. I think they should have kept those guys, signed them to long-term contracts. I think Happ started under contract for another year or two, re-sign Contreras, and then spend money in the offseason since you're putting a fucking casino in your park, amongst other things. So Cubs fans, should you have traded those guys for draft picks, or should you have kept them, re-signed Contreras, and look to build starting next year? I guess that that's my double saying. Okay, so so like, I understand. So you, when I said it was a hot take, you understood. You thought it, you just had to have your own hot take. Okay, okay. Um, what did you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, my like, bad, my bad. Should they have kept yeah. those guys? Oh no, this is a talking point. Oh, this is what we need. We just need a discussion point somewhere to start off. Do you? What do you think about that? Should they have kept those players, or is that something where they should have got taken the value and trying to get some prospects in? What's the Cubs' record right now? Because I'm going to be honest, I have no idea. I know it's not good. They're a bottom five team in the league. Yeah. There's like a bunch of teams who are like right there with the same record, like bottom eight, bottom five. 
Have they got 30 wins yet? They're 43 yeah. and 64. At the bottom. Oh, actually, we played nearly a hundred games. We played, yeah, we played over a hundred games. That was a little insulting. I apologize. My math <laughs> skills were a little weak then. I was thinking like thirty and fifty or something. But we, yeah, we played nearly a hundred games. So I was a. I'm not. I'm not a Cubs fan, and I was insulted. I was like, yeah, dude, they've won thirty games. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're gonna lose, go all in on losing. I like the idea of keeping Wilson Contreras. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a little bit of a homer. I think he's a great player. I think he's one of those. Another locker room guy I talked about earlier. He's just he's he's on the first step cheering for the rooks as hard as he's cheering when he was in the World Series. He's one of those guys. Um, but if we didn't get the haul we wanted for him, I'm okay with giving him a qualifying offer and getting a compensatory pick for him. I mean, what else are we gonna do? I, I trust in a rebuild. I I, I just I, I wish they went one way or the other. So so if they kept Wilson and Hap, I hope we spend some money. And, and go all in, you know, let's, let's try to build a squad again, but I don't know. The Cubs are all over the place right now. It's unbelievable. It sucks when your team sucks. It sucks when you don't believe in a vision early, you know, when they sucked years ago, we had Theo Epstein and we believed in the vision on what they were trying to do. At least right now, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. So that's, that's disappointing. I know what I did want to ask. And I said, next time I talk to a Cubs fan, I want to ask them this. And I totally forgotten about this until just now. And I don't know what suddenly reminded me about it. Um, the last time I went to Wrigley with my son, um, I believe it was 2014, something around that time, 2015. They had the sign that showed you how many years it is since they'd won a World Series, which was like 108 or something. I don't know. But I remember when I went before, it was like 100 and et cetera, et cetera. Do they still have one? And does it say like six now or whatever the year? I don't know. I can't remember the year they won. I'm guessing 2016, but I could be off. Yes, it did get it did get um, it got flipped around. It was one of the great moments when they flipped that sign around and it went back down to zero on the count. Yeah, no, that 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 definitely got flipped and it's still up there for sure. Cool. I did wonder that. I was like, I wonder if it's still there and it just says like six now, which is nowhere near as impressive <laughs> as when it's number over 100. I just suddenly realized, actually, we all have teams that haven't won a World Series in a long time. So when Red Sox won in 2004, I think that was 86 years. Um, I want to say White Sox was 2008. I think it was the year after the Red Sox won in 07, I think. That was a long time. 2005, baby. Oh, oh, it was yep. 2005. Oh, it was after. Okay. I think it was close to a Red Sox win, but that was... Right after long the year well, after right? it was you guys and us and then yeah, Cubs. Did that was it, like eighty like, years, years right? Something we like that. Uh, I think it was like close to ninety. I don't remember the exact okay. years, but it was nothing to be braggadocious about. That's for sure. It certainly wasn't a hundred fucking years, but it was definitely <laughs> nothing to brag about. Eighty-eight. Yeah, that sounds for the right. record. Oh, yeah. it was eighty-eight. Yeah, nothing, nothing, like... nothing to brag about. Like I said. Yeah, hundred plus. Wow, I'd, I'm trying to think who the longest streak would be right now. Who's which team has gone the longest without winning a World Series? I'm I just, sure. I just want to say something about the streak. Everyone would be like 108 years. I'm 37 now. We won when I was, you know, 31. Or, you know, so I didn't see 108 years. I seen 31 years. <laughs> Nobody really seen 108 years. For the record. I don't carry my grandfather's debts in life either. I don't carry his heartbreak, you know? <laughs> yeah, in 04, I was saying in 04 when people are talking about, like, um, they their whole life, people in their 80s talking about, I was a Red Sox supporter since I was a kid, and I finally got to see it. And I'm like, 
I waited four years. Like I felt like a total, I felt like a total fraud. Like I just couldn't relate to that. I couldn't relate to that at all. But that's the way it goes. Hey guys, thank you so much for talking some baseball with me tonight. Um, I definitely want you to go ahead and uh, promote podcasts again. Uh, promote social media. Tell us where everybody can find you. Um, perhaps tell, any ideas when next episodes are coming out? Perhaps so when people know when to. This episode will be coming out tomorrow, so it's fairly soon. Any idea when the next episodes are coming out for you guys on uh, Visionaries Global Media? We're cool, looking at yeah. you, the boss, and I think Mike's pointing at you. <laughs> Delegation yeah, our, going on here. Our schedules are all very sporadic, so it's something that the three of us on. We we try to get at least a show once every other week, once a, a month. God, that sucks. But we're always talking, popping out content on the website. So um, we like to do the podcast. There, there's a bunch of written content too. Go to floorslipersports.com. There will, with football coming, our goal is. I know it sounds very uh, ambitious from once a month, but we're going to try to go t- twice a week, uh, at least one fantasy football show, and then we're going to be talking picks, predictions, news, all that stuff, and then incorporate other sports stuff throughout throughout the week as well. But uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, just type in Floor Slappers, um, at Floor Slappers, um, floorslapersports.com. You can find this podcast, the Floor Slappers podcast. It's me, Mike, and our co-host, Streets. Um, we're doing drafts, lists, rankings, um, just talking um, sports. We don't do too much Chicago sports. We don't really try to keep it Homer. Um, and then as far as me, Twitter, you can find my personal Twitter. Just look at the wrestling index and go to floorslippersports.com. That's where you can find us. Facebook, Twitter, um, the podcast, all over um, every audio outlet you can find. And YouTube now, the Floor Slipper Sports. And as you know, VGM, Visionaries Global Media. Happy to be on board. Thank you again, Chad. Pleasure doing this with you. Thanks for having us on. And I look forward to having more of our shows on BGM here shortly. Sounds good. Mike, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, at MikeDogFSS. Find me uh, all over Twitter tweeting and then controversial takes every day. <laughs> That's what we like. Yeah, what you just said is like so relatable. Like I've been doing this podcast every week because it's me i don't i only I, it's not so but for matt and me we just took a three-week break like we just could not find like hey i'm available friday and he's like i'm not available friday and he's like i am available saturday and i'm like i'm not available Saturday. And we just had that for it's yeah and that's with two people so i can only imagine with three people it gets worse and uh yeah, it's tough. I, I'm glad we can manage to do this. Um, I've had so much fun doing this this summer. I'm hoping I'm going to get to do this again next year as well. So in about, probably about a year's time, check that DM and I'll be hitting you guys up again for sure. <laughs> um, I'm not sure who next week's guest is. I have somebody who said they would appear on the show, but I'm, <laughs> as we just talked about, I'm not sure if they're going to be available or not. So um, I guess check a look on Twitter and that's it for this week. <laughs>